Hello, you're listening to People, Pets, and Vets with Dr. Brad Miller and Registered Veterinary Technician Angel Martin. Hello. Each week, we bring you current events and news in the veterinary industry and share our thoughts and perspective on how they impact us in our animal hospital. We also try to give you an insight and behind-the-scenes glance at our clinic and the people in it. This episode 49 is being brought to you by Georgia Veterinary Associates, a family of animal hospitals caring for your family pet. So, we are broadcasting from snowy Lawrenceville, Georgia. That's not something you get to say often. It's definitely not something you get to say very often. So, uh, maybe once a year. Yeah. D- does it snow typically once a year? I'm thinking like every other. Accumulation, not once a year. Threats of snow, maybe a flurry here or there, some freezing ice, cold weather, probably once a year at least. Yeah. Yeah, we've had, I think we had one, what, three years ago? We had like five-ish days to where you and I had to man the clinic and nobody else could get in here to take care of the pets. So that was Snowmageddon, right? Like when everyone was stuck on the interstate? That's six years ago. Can you believe that? Yeah. So I saw, again, I always get all of my information from Facebook, right? Totally reliable. But um, no, Facebook actually did like a time hop and they sent me images from six years ago. It was like six years ago in January sometime. So I saw it in January. So yesterday around 11 o'clock, I was tooling around. I was over around Hamilton Ridge Animal Hospital, just making sure the roads were good because they were going to get done around one. And so I'm on the back roads there, Hamilton Mill Parkway and Mm -hmm. uh, the Bogan Roads. And I kind of had a flashback, not that I was involved in Snowmageddon because I wasn't, right? but there was a line of about 20, 25 vehicles where they put that new light in that goes to Camp Branch Road. Oh, yeah. Uh, that Going up that hill, there are a lot of people really, really struggling. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the weather got better after that, as we know, and everybody got home safe and sound. So, yeah. I did share with my brother Alan in Texas yesterday, um, we were talking, and I shot him a picture of the, the snow scene. And uh, he was like, I just, I can't believe it snows in Georgia. That's like, that's like me thinking about snowing in South Texas or Central Texas. It just doesn't happen. So you say South and Central Texas, but like when I would think the layperson thinks Texas, you don't think snow ever. You always think desert snow. No, definitely. I know that that's what you say because you've been there, but most people do not think Texas gets snow. Well, Texas definitely does, and Georgia does as well. He um, Texas, where you're from in Texas, gets more snow than you would think here in Georgia. Correct? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it it did actually snow back back home around Lubbock. I guess three or four days before we got the snow. So what are like the neighboring states from where you are? So like, I think again, when I think about Texas, I think like Midwest or that kind of thing. So like Arkansas, New Mexico, all of those things. And I don't think they get snow on the ground either. I would only think yes. kind of like up in mountains. Yes, they do. They do. Why? New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. New Mexico is to the West. There's a ski resort. In okay. New Mexico, but are they not aspect. on like hills and mountains and stuff? Not always. No. That's so crazy to no. me. No, Colorado is okay. pretty close by. They get quite a bit of snow. Yeah, but Colorado, I don't think just a little bit. I think is way more north than Texas. Oklahoma. Same. Wouldn't really think that they get that much snow. Arkansas. Don't think they get that much snow. Louisiana, if you were to I know ask you don't me, think it gets much, much yeah, snow because I don't think no. they do get much snow. If you were to ask me these things, like I would be like, nope, probably never snows there. Okay. 
very similar to Georgia. The North Georgia mountains get a lot more than we do. Mm-hmm. Well, lots a bit of an overstatement, but uh, definitely the four seasons are very typical in Texas, but it's very regionalized. West Texas, East Texas, South Texas, Central Texas, Panhandle, South Plains. So, hmm. yeah. So Texas anyway, is a big old state is what you're so saying. So anyway, Alan, Alan said, what are, what are those things sticking out of the snow? And I thought for a minute, I'm like, what? And I thought back to the picture and I'm like, oh, those are trees. There's not very many trees where he lives. Oh my God. The only trees that are there are planted. <laughs> and you know that there's a house and a barn, you know, so this a house is and like, a is barn. this like out of your backyard where you have like these story tall uh, or like multi-story tall pine trees? No, this was, I had pulled over, wink, wink, but it was going down the road. Oh. So on the road. You're so and illegal. Side, you break so. all the laws. Um, so anyway, that was, uh, that was kind of fun, I guess, this weekend, but it's about all melted off. And so, yeah, we're kind of somewhat back to, to normal. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to wish Miss Keenan a happy drive into work today yes um i shared with you that she uh, at the end of her appointment the other day um said she really enjoyed our podcast and listened to them on mondays mornings and so i told her i said you may be the only listener miss keenan but thank you so much <laughs> and i still will stand by that thank you and i hope you have a great day and hope you don't mind me using you on the podcast yeah um, she actually shared some photos on our facebook as well of her dogs kind of playing out in the snow it oh, was nice. a lot of fun yeah now, she has I think several pictures on our website with her border collies. Well, yeah, they won they, they photo were, contest last year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, which we'll be doing again this year. So we'll talk about that in later podcasts. Yeah. How? When are we going to do that? In a few months? I believe it starts April, but I'll double check with Jen. Okay. Just so, kind of yeah, a little the, teaser there now. The beautiful and handsome um, border collies on the website are are Miss Keenan. So, um, word of the week. So last week was Rhinorrhea, courtesy Correct. of Dr. Hines's pediatrician. Yeah. Not her pediatrician, her, her son's. <laughs> I almost said his name, but we kind of try not to do that. Um, so you came up with this week's word, which okay. is? You can say it. <laughs> borborygmus <laughs> or borborygmi. So borborygmus is singular. Borborygmi is the plural. Is plural. Mm-hmm. And the definition is a rumbling or gurgling noise made by the movement of fluid and gas in the intestine, typically through the intestines. Yeah. So, is that a normal condition or abnormal? I'm going to say normal. Okay. Because I think it's like, uh, like if you were to use it in a sentence or like use it in a medical record, it's like, uh, you would say like, I don't know, I guess you would... I don't know. Do you say normal boring my herd or yeah, you would probably, yeah, you'd probably put positive would, or plus, you know, yeah, one plus two okay. plus, uh, but normal auscultation of the gut. So large animal, more important than small animal, um, horses, especially, mm-hmm. uh, when they colic, which is, you know, when any, any type of shutdown of the GI tract, horses are super sensitive to that. And that's termed colic and they definitely should have nice, normal sounds as should cattle as well. Other small ruminants, uh, but so dogs you, and cats, it's it's not necessarily abnormal if they don't have it, but it, yeah, I said that correctly. Um, but it's also not abnormal if they do or do to a degree. So, like, let's say that a dog ate something and you hear just, like, natural rumbling. And I say natural, but, like, you hear yeah, rumbling. Is that still considered borborygmi? Yeah, yeah, that's normal. So, you know how on radiographs, it's always going to be normal to see some gas, gas. in the stomach mm-hmm. and small intestine. That's 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 what's working through, and that's what you're hearing. So, that's yeah. normal. Um, 
so yeah. So it's just a, a, a medical term to describe... Gas moving through the GI tract, typically okay. the intestinal tract. GI sounds, basically. Yeah. That okay. was one of the words <laughs> back in, in my vet school physiology class that Dr. Clark uh, brought up in front of the class, which is why, you know, kind of one reason we're doing this, but... Definitely, he. We talked about borborygmi. Okay. So. So very normal. If you ever hear it, it's just a medical term to explain the sounds that you're hearing in your dog's or cat's or ruminant's abdomen. Yes. Okay. What's a ruminant? Since uh, I said an it. An animal with four stomachs. Okay. So not technically not four. Not yeah. Four quote unquote stomachs. <laughs> uh, one of those, which is a true stomach. So. Wow. You're going really deep now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not we're not gonna rumen, reticulum, omasum, and abomasum are the four compartments. Didn't I share with you this uh not too long ago that I found out a giraffe is ruminant? You did and Which made, I thought was super weird. It makes sense though, because of what they eat. Yeah. So And they're hooved, right? So like typically uh-huh. like hooved animals, is that a fair Cloven statement? Hooved. Yeah. Uh yes, except mm-hmm. swine, pigs, they are not. They're monogastrics. Hmm. Interesting. And they have hooves. All right. Well, everyone just got their education yeah. lesson for the day, right? Yeah. Um, interesting case of the week. Okay. You have one? I have one courtesy of Dr. Amber Williams. Um, she had a case, which is a relatively young cat. The owners were pretty adamant that this particular male cat did not eat anything foreign no foreign material, no foreign bodies. They weren't missing anything. He wasn't super curious that way. Um, but he had an obstruction, I believe, I'm trying to think of the day, maybe Wednesday night, mm-hmm. uh, kind of at the end of the day, came in, had been vomiting multiple times a day, took some radiographs, uh, looked at them, sent them off to the radiologist. Um, the radiologist read out the films as a definite mechanical obstruction of the small intestine. And so rechecked the animal the next day, still had a very similar pattern, um, decided to go ahead and take the cat to surgery. Before we took the patient to surgery, I went ahead and palpated, uh, which just means using your hands to feel uh, the structures in the abdomen in this case. And he was a pretty big cat, but I'm usually pretty good. He was good. like a 13-pound cat, right? Yeah, but He's I've got relatively big. large hands. I'm pretty good about being able to palpate an obstruction. They're either going to be painful or you're going to feel, you know, whatever the object is in there or mm-hmm. maybe a, a pretty big gas pattern, you know, bigger than like what you would see with normal borborygmi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt nothing in this kitty cat, and he was completely soft in his abdominal palpation he wasn't he wasn't uh preventing me from doing that didn't seem painful and so she took the kitty to surgery and do you know what she found i believe i overheard her on the phone with the owner that it was just a rather large unruly hairball yeah so it was a hairball really i would have, I, I would call it a hair impaction to me a hairball is what a cat will will vomit up out mm-hmm. of the a wad of hair out of their stomach and usually they're going to throw it up uh, which is really a good thing it's bad for the house cleaner but it's good for the cat because they're getting rid of that hair right but whenever they don't do that and it starts passing and making its way through the small intestine you can run the risk of it impacting or blocking uh the the gi tract there in this case I'm holding on my fingers. What is that? Four inches? Sure. About four inches long was this, this hair impaction. It was firm to palpate through the small intestine. And so you it, did feel it, but you didn't feel in it In the to open be... abdomen. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the open abdomen. Um, and then it went about, it was about a, a maybe one inch 
past the uh, cecum, so kind of where your small intestine becomes the large intestine at mm-hmm. the cecum or the appendix in a person. So it was definitely lodged trying to make it through that last little small sphincter or orifice in the GI tract. Um, but got hung up there, so about a fourth of it was passed through. The other three-fourths was completely obstructed. And mm-hmm. so um, called the owners. She called the owners, as you said, afterwards and kind of explained everything. And she recommended basically either hairball preparation given, you know, routinely or maybe a hairball diet. Sure. Uh, which is usually the easiest thing to do, kind of a vegetable uh, vegetable oil-laden food. going to say, do you know the mechanics of like a hairball diet or a hairball prep? Is it just a coating? So the hairball prep is just a big dose of petrolatum and use uh, petrolatum uh, ointment jelly. Sure. Uh, that's usually flavored, but that's all it is. It's just to lubricate and make the hair pass on through, not not really to prevent vomiting. And then um, Hills has a really great hairball prep diet that's more vegetable types of uh, of oils in the food to help do the same thing. And does this, your cat typically have loose stools? Usually not. No. That's interesting, right? Because like a human being, if you were to Add that, yeah. Add an oil to your diet, you would. Essentially yeah, I'm have sure. A, a I'm sure Hills bowel. researched it and figured out, you know, how, how what's sure, how much is if enough. The body resorbs how much is it, too that much. Kind of so, yeah. but kind of the the quote unquote funny aspect of this is is she, the last thing she said, which she and I had talked about this as well, is sometimes you have to just go ahead and shave these cats down mm-hmm. because typically they're going to groom themselves, and as they groom, their their really sharp tongues are going to take the hair off the body. Uh, that's why their hair always looks so nice and you know shiny mm-hmm. and, and well done. Was um, he a, a long haired cat? He was a domestic long hair. Okay, and so I overheard her kind of recommend that to the client. And then she's kind of chuckled, said, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe the, the diet and the hairball prep might be best. Otherwise, we'll have to, you know, maybe 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 shave all the cats. And so she got off the phone. I'm like, <laughs> what was that about? And she said, well, Charlie doesn't really, the owner said Charlie doesn't really groom himself that much, but he grooms his housemates incessantly. <laughs> and I forget if she if, if they had two or three other cats. Oh, but, that's hysterical. Uh, you know, can you imagine that that poor owner, like maybe every three months, having to take her herd of cats into the groomer to be... Completely shave. So, yeah. well, uh, it's either that, right, or a thousand dollar procedure. Yeah, so that hope, could be life threatening. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So, it definitely was an obstruction. Uh, taking care of it in a timely manner, and he did really, really great. She did a great job on that surgery. He looked, he looked awesome. You know, two hours after surgery, did 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 great. Very so. good. So, the interesting part here is that the cat actually truly obstructed with a hairball, which Correct. seems super irrelevant that your cat who's long haired would groom himself, but it's actually a pretty serious medical condition. And we do see it. Yep. Not uh, uncommon. You know, often. Yeah. Yep. Not uncommon. And again, when they're, when they're throwing up that hairball, typically in the corner, um, it's really a good thing. Yeah. You just have to clean it up, but you're not having to spend multiple thousands of dollars taking your, your pet to surgery. So, right. um, well, that was a cool case. Thanks yeah. for sharing that one. Yeah. Um, jump into some stories. Yeah. So last week we talked about the football and uh, the, the football, listen to me, um, the Super Bowl, And we made a prediction on the podcast. Do you remember what we said? I predicted Kansas city chiefs to win 
Yeah, we didn't really go numbers. We just said oh, thought, go Chiefs. I, saw, I thought times. I went numbers like seven to ten or so. Or uh, I don't remember numbers. I just remember us saying go Chiefs a okay, couple times. Okay. Yeah, we did predict that they were going to win. Yes. Um, so one of the stories that I found interesting was that like the next day <clears> after <throat> the Chiefs won, so Derek Naldi or Naughty. Um, basically paid for all of the adoption fees for the dogs available in the Kansas City Pet Project. Only like a week later did Coors Light come out and announce that they were going to one-up Derek Naldi. And I don't really think that it was had anything really to do with him. Um, but they basically offered to pay adoption fees for all of the dogs across America. Um, for how long? And so interesting because like that's what the... Like, basically, Coors Light pays adoption fees for all dogs in America. This is kind of the, the, the title that you read. And then when you actually click into it, it is a marketing campaign. And they are, interestingly enough, marketing to a millennial audience. You must be 21 or, or older to participate. But basically, it's going after those millennials. So they did a study, and the study basically said that... They being Coors Light. They being Coors Light or whomever. Yeah, they have the study results. Um, Let me see what they said. So, and this is quotes from someone from Coors Light. But with almost half of millennials planning to stay in on Valentine's Day, they wanted to help empower people to save the day or to savor the day with Coors Light and a dog by their side. (laughs) And then when I wrote this, I wrote like a little asterisk, like tear. Like, how cute is that? That is just, again, that human-animal bond just... It is. It encompasses all aspects of everything we do in, in, in life It here is, in America. but don't get all soapy and sad with me right now because I'm pretty sure Coors Light also is advertising two guys in their pajamas cracking open a beer watching TV in the morning. Yeah, but again, so they're pretty smart. They're going after different <laughs> demographics, right? Like the guys without jobs um and the young millennial group but you asked how how long is this this is actually running from um 24 to 221 and basically all you have to do is if you adopt a pet in those times you just text them a code which i'm sure you can find online and type it out but you text them a code and then they give you up to a hundred dollars back on your adoption fee so it's more like a reimbursement yeah um but still very cool and then they can really start pushing those ads to you when you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Smart, yeah. smart, smart. Yep. Target marketing right there. Smart, smart. All right. You talked a little bit about maybe all of the dogs in China last week were going to be euthanized. Where did, did you follow up with that at all? Yeah. So that was from like Euro Week, um, which is like a European. Is that something you subscribe to? No. It was just something that I saw again on Facebook, my very... Uh, probable news source there but i actually did see it on the daily mail as well and i don't know that it actually was followed through or not because there's a quote from the world health organization that came out and basically said um that there is no distinct link between the what they call the new coronavirus and domestic dogs and cats and so i don't know if the chinese government kind of put a halt on that or not and so I don't have a result. Um, I will try to find more information out about it. But hopefully, it was just fake news, is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping, or maybe it was just the the Chinese in in those countries kind of just overreacting and not knowing enough about the disease just yet. Several um, of the articles I read this past week were were really talking about uh, the wet the wet markets they call them, which is where all these animals have been traded. And mm-hmm. do you know why they're called wet markets? urine and feces I no, lot, I don't know. lots of fish are traded at these wet markets and there's uh. there's just literally 
I'm going to say aquarium. I'm sure they're not nice, they pretty live? little aquariums, but yes, they're live. And then there, there's just water that's splashed all over the place. And there's a lot of contamination because of that. Oh, wow. You know, it's a great medium for yeah. for bugs and viruses to Interesting. To, to go from one, one place to the other. Um, so we did also post an infographic about that from the World Health Organization about the, uh, the there not being a link. And so we wanted also to kind of let our listeners and our clients know, like, there's really no concern. I know, like, the news here in Georgia is saying, like, oh, there's people in Johns Creek that possibly could have coronavirus. Oh, and really? there's this and there's, yeah. Everybody's I mean, worried about it. It's yeah. everywhere. I don't think that, and knock on wood, I don't really know because I don't keep up that much with the news, but I do not think that there's been a positive case in the United States. I read an article that there was an American who died in Wuhan. Um, right, where like started sixty-year-old American who was it's actually one of the at the ground doctors, zero. yeah, that was there and thought he couldn't get infected, but apparently he did. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, should not be a problem really with people here at this point. Definitely should not go from people back to dogs. That kind of reverse zoonotic effect there. Right. Um, one last story, maybe two yeah. last stories. So I have one more and it really kind of broke my heart. So I'm glad we talked about all the good uplifting things with the, the dog adoptions first. But, um, so there was a man in Pennsylvania, um, who is facing charges for selling fraudulent canine cancer curing drugs. And so, um, he had websites out there for these drugs and brand names called Tumexol and the other one, nature zone, nature zone. Yeah. Um, and so I'd never heard of these drugs before and thankfully, but I am certain that, you know, um, he preyed on pet owners, pet owners looking to help their who pets. Are desperate. Yep. Absolutely. Um, there was a veterinarian who worked locally where this guy, uh, I guess was arrested and, and she basically said that it, you should never, and you should never trust a drug that you're going to find online without approving it through a qualified source, i.e. your veterinarian. And right. I know that that sounds so silly, but for the most part, your veterinarian or veterinary staff is always so available, right? right? We have phones, we have internet, we have email, we have Pet Pro Connect. I mean, just have you ever heard of this before? Like, what do you think about it? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think... Veterinary medicine versus human medicine, your vets and your vet hospital staff are always going to be super available to you for those questions. And so definitely before you start investing thousands of dollars on things you found online for your pet, do ask about it. Sometimes we're not going to know the answer because there's not a lot of studies and, and that truly because I think our veterinarians are scientists essentially, right? Like they they depend on the science. Um, they they may not have an answer for you on whether you give it or not, but um, definitely use us as a resource. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, he was, you know, the story read that he was a convic- convicted of manslaughter. Oh my Previously, gosh. yeah, that was actually a really interesting. And thing. then he and he was like high up in a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, he was like an exec in yeah. a pharmaceutical company. So I actually mm. thought it was interesting the whole manslaughter thing because like you don't really see that in the beginning. You have to read through the stories to figure it out. And I was like, Oh, did he have like, was his wife like dying of cancer and he fed her some stuff and then Uh, she died? Who knows? Well, I do know because I read the story. Oh, you read the whole story. Yeah. It's not. So apparently he and her got in an altercation in their house and he stabbed her to death. Wow. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. Stand up kind of a guy. Yeah. So he was sentenced to eight years and got released after five. And then 
You only get eight years for stabbing your wife? I guess. He had a really good lawyer or attorney, wow. I would assume. But um, crazy, crazy He'll stuff. He'll probably get, a, 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 well, he may get a bigger fine for this. Well, he's 70 years old right now. Uh-huh. And apparently, from what I read, um, I guess the USDEA or USDA not USDA, but U.S. District Attorney or something like that is prosecuting the case because it's such a high crime or whatever, um, that he, if convicted, he could face up to 32 years in jail or a $1.25 million fine. Yeah, I remember seeing that dollar figure. So crazy, crazy. Okay, well, let's end on a feel-good story. Uh, Back to beer. Uh, (laughs) Lovely. Motorworks Brewery evidently is printing um, shelter dogs on their beer can labels and there was a lady who moved from florida to minnesota and wound up losing her dog and she was able to be reunited with her dog by seeing it on this beer can that's pretty cool she i guess to be to be fair she was my understanding is was not drinking the beer did not purchase the beer she saw an but she saw it on social media that's very cool social media is a crazy thing right yeah um but do you remember joan soda yes so it's probably still out there, um, but they used to have people submit photos all the time, and like that's what all of their labels were. They were photos that were submitted by people who drank the product. Um, this company is not unique in the sense that they put shelter animals on their cans. I know of other, I don't know the name of them, but I have seen it before that they're like local crack brews, um, and they will put shelter dogs on there and essentially the sales of those go then back to whatever shelter they were sponsoring yeah so it is pretty cool i guess they got the idea from the missing children on On the the milk milk cartons you know that that's a i mean it's pretty serious to lose your pet no no doubt but i don't think i maybe i misunderstood your um story here but i don't think it was to reunite the people no this is a shelter right uh, this just happened yeah that i'm just linking it together that that's Yes, I'm saying that's not really the whole purpose. You yeah. know, if I lost my dog, I'm not going to go to Coors Light and say, put my dog's face all over your cans. Right. So they're trying to do a Hasn't good thing. Hasn't ever seen this dog. Just like yeah. the Kansas City uh, uh, Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, by the way. Yes, uh, Just they are. like uh, that guy Our did. Our prediction was correct. So um, before you sign us off, we did want to mention that we are videoing um, part, if not all, of our podcast now, trying to... Uh, let people have a little bit better uh, look at what goes on here in Studio B. Yeah. Well, if we're being honest, we're being told that this is the best way to reach more yeah. people, right? Yeah. So um, I don't think we would video this if it were just up to us because like... Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I don't know. So anyways, if you want to check us out, uh, we do have a YouTube channel for our animal hospitals. It's called Georgia Vet Associates. Um, all of our videos that we take and we're trying to put more and more out there, but we have like dental care videos. Um, we have how to pill your dog videos, doctor brief interview videos, ear videos. Yeah. We'll continue to put more and more services out there in videos. And so certainly, um, there'll be kind of a quote unquote video library so that people can re- refer back to that. But all of our podcasts will be held there as well. So, uh, please subscribe. We, I look today, we have a, a whole one subscribe person and I believe that might be me. <laughs> okay. And that might not be true. I don't think that's true because I had looked at it last week and I did the same thing and it just showed one after I did it. Oh really? So maybe it's like only in your network or something. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea how you So at least works. we have two. Oh, cause you're subscribed as yes, well. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, maybe we'll get those numbers from Jen and see if we have any other subscribe people. Yeah. 
Okay. But um, definitely, so Georgia Vet Associates on YouTube. Find our video podcast there. Um, and make sure to check in next week as we discuss more in the news and in our industry. Follow us on Instagram at People, Pets, and Vets. Follow all the clinics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our blogs on our website at mygavet.com. And also, under our resources tabs, you can get this podcast and all of our past podcasts, or you can get it anywhere you like to get podcasts from. And remember, without people, pets are simply animals. And, and don't forget, uh, this Friday is Valentine's Day, <gasps> the 14th. Don't forget your pets when it's Valentine's Day. Don't forget Show your them pets. some love. Exactly. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.